joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Go, you, got, you please sit down. Thank you very much. Um, I, I, I tell you, it's, uh, I, I'm excited to be able to share with you this morning. And uh, if you were not here the last Sunday or did not get the, uh, the email that uh, Angel and I have accepted the lead pastor position at Livingstone's Church up in South Bend, and uh, I, I tell you, it, it's been a, an emotional week, um, emotional couple weeks. Just uh, We couldn't be more excited about it and nervous about it and sad to be leaving our, our church family and our church home for the last 10 years. And, and I mentioned it last Sunday, but I just wanted to tell all of you just a tremendous thank you because you guys have been such a blessing to me and to my wife and to our kids over these last 10 years. Uh, you guys have welcomed us in and accepted us as, as your own. And, and I just can't tell you as, as a dad how much it means to have people that they look up to as their their surrogate grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles, um, when we don't, have, we don't have family here. And so it just has meant so much to us to have you guys just love and welcome our family like you have. And just to, to Pastor Justin and to Jennifer and, and the entire staff, you guys have just been phenomenal to work with. Um, I, I literally couldn't have asked for a better opportunity than I've been able to have here over the last 10 plus years. Um, it really is a, a, a joy and a very bittersweet moment to stand up here with you guys today um, on this last Sunday that uh, before we before we head up to head up to South Bend. And so, you know, I, I was thinking about it. it when when you when you make a transition like this and you're getting ready to leave, you you have a lot of different emotions and a lot of different things that go through your head. Um, a lot of memories. Angel and I have been taking a bunch of strolls down memory lane over these last. 10 plus years of just some of the things that have made us laugh, that have made us cry over, over these last couple of years. And just a few I wanted to share with you. Um, now, if you don't know our story, we originally met Pastor Justin and Jennifer in Milwaukee. They were the music pastors at our church in Milwaukee and just formed a great bond and friendship with them. And so 10 years ago, when Pastor Justin asked us to come down here, one of the things that he always told us was just how safe and great a community Plymouth was, that you know there, there was very low crime, very few issues and all this. In fact, Plymouth was so safe that he said, I can park my truck in my driveway, unlocked with the keys in the truck, and nothing would happen. Well, literally like a week or two later, somebody went and stole his truck from his driveway and... Uh, and, and I tell you, it, it was funny because I was thinking, well, so much for this super safe community that we supposedly moved to. And, um, and you know, it, it, now how many of you were here, not at our last location at the Old Ace Hardware, but at our old, old location at the old Grand Rental Station? And raise your hand if you were here with us then. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. There are not many of that were here. Well, if you remember, we, when, when we first got here, we were kind of redoing, redesigning the kids' church area. We had just put brand new carpet down in the kids' church area. And I was doing some painting one day. It was black paint. And I was having to climb one of those like six-foot step ladders. And, and being the, the highly intelligent man that I am, 
what I decided to do, you know, the little paint tray thing that flips down? Well, I left the, the paint, the gallon of paint on the paint tray because I was thinking, well, I don't want to have to carry it down, step down, move the ladder, carry it back up. So I was just going to move the ladder with the paint balanced on the, on the thing. Well, you obviously know where this is going. And that entire gallon of black paint dumped on the brand new carpet that we had uh, just put in the kids' church room. And thankfully, we got most of it up, but uh, I definitely learned my lesson there. Um, then, then, if you know, how many of us, how many of you were at our old location at the old Ace Hardware building? Okay, a, little, a few more now. All right, good. Now, how many, how many of you remember that we had some water issues over that building? How many of you know I'm lying, that it wasn't just some water issues like, that building flooded like nobody's business all the time. And, and I used to, we used to laugh about it because it seemed like every time that building would flood, Pastor Justin would be gone. Like he'd be on vacation or he'd be on sabbatical or something like that. When, when, I mean, like it got so bad, we actually have a picture in Pastor Lowell's office of the guard family paddling a canoe in our parking lot. Like that's how bad the flooding would be over there. And it was terrible. But, but I'm hoping that I've, I've picked that up and I, I, I can pick strategic times to be gone or on vacation so I don't have to deal with flooded, flooded kids' church rooms and all that. And then my, my, favorite, my favorite story from our old location, that it, off the, the kids' church room, there was a utility room that was just off the, the kids' church room at our old location. And if you went in there, there's this big pit that was on the floor in, in this utility room. And what, what that pit was for is all of the sewage and all, everything from all the bathrooms on that entire plaza drained down into that pit. And then there was a pump that would then jettison all the excrement out. Well, we started to notice like a funky smell coming from the pit. And it got to the point where we couldn't like ignore the funky smell anymore. Like how many of you dads have ever like, you knew like your kid had pooped in their diaper and you just pretended you didn't smell it? Can we just be, thank you, there we go. I'm not the only one that's done that. And, and so we couldn't just pretend that it didn't reek anymore. And so we thought, all right, we're gonna have to pull the lid off of this pit. And I tell you, when we pulled the lid off of that pit, if you have ever wondered what hell smells like, it, I encountered it that day. I mean, it was, it was like nothing you've ever imagined. And, and what had happened was, the pump that, that would get rid of all the goodies decided to stop working. And so it wasn't pumping anymore. However, the motor kept running. And what happens when a motor keeps running and running? It gets hot. And, and so when we took that lid off, it was just this bubbling, boiling cauldron of just nastiness that you can't even imagine. And... And so the, the number of people, or the pumps that do that are hard to find. And what's even harder to find are people that will replace a pump that does that. And so Pastor Justin calls Pastor Tony and I up. He says, hey, you know, I'm talking to one of the contractors. What he needs you to do is he needs you to go and get a picture of the pump. So we had to take the lid off, get down on our stomachs, hold our cameras, our phones down, as far into that pit as we could go. And, and I tell you, that has scarred me to this day. And, and I doubt I will ever recover. I, I'm just being honest with you. It, it was horrible. 
So, so all I got to say is, can we just praise God for this building right here? I, I, I tell you, thank God. Thank God that that part of New Song's journey is over. Can I get an amen? amen. Man, I, I tell you, this is glorious compared to some of the adventures we had uh, over there. But, but anyways, so Pastor Justin asked me if I wanted to preach on my last Sunday here, and of course I said yes. You know, I, I thought, well, what, what an awesome opportunity to be able to share with, with my church family uh, on this last Sunday that I'm here. But then the, the, the question that comes up is, so what do you, what do you talk about? What, what do you talk about on your last Sunday? What do you share with people that have literally been family to you for the last 10 plus years? Because I didn't want it to be some sappy, mushy-gushy, you know, kind of message. I, this is, I don't want this to be a final goodbye, because it's not. We're just going to be 25, 25 miles north up on 31. And so as, as, I was, as I was praying about it, I really felt like God gave me something to share with you guys that I think is going to be foundational, not just for new song moving forward, but also for my family and I to take up to Livingstones as we move forward. And so we're going to begin, uh, and, and I'm not going to, let me say this, we're going to begin at the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to start, and, and it's, it's not on your sermon notes, it's going to be up on the screen. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26, and I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. And it says this, then God said, and this is the part of the creation account, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have, here's a key word, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And here's our word again. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seeds, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seeds, to you this shall be food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth to which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So that evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, now, there's obviously a lot in this passage that I could, I could share with you, but what I really want to focus on, what I really want us to kind of get as kind of the foundational part of this message today is that God created everything. Like, if there's one thing that, that we find from the creation account is that God made everything. And, and at, at this point in, in the story, God had created the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the mountains, the, the rivers. I mean, God had created everything. And so, because God created everything, everything ultimately belongs to him. Everything. Everything we have, everything that we think is ours, actually belongs to God. In fact, Psalm 24.1 says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, that, that literally there is nothing here that does not already belong to God. Everything. And, and so, what does God do? What, what, what does God do in, in this part of the story? Well, he creates Adam and Eve, and he says, all right, Adam and Eve, I've made everything. Everything that you see belongs to me, and now I'm giving it to you. 
I'm giving it to you, and I'm giving you the word he uses in the, in the New King James. I'm giving you dominion over everything that's mine. Everything I have, I'm giving it to you. And in fact, the, the NIV actually uses the term instead of dominion, and the NIV says rule. I'm giving everything of mine to you for you to rule over it, to you to, for you to have dominion. So what we're going to talk about this morning for a few minutes is the idea of stewardship. Stewardship. Now, if, if you've been around church for any period of time and you hear the word stewardship, you probably automatically think of money. You think of finances. And, and while that's true, you know, stewardship definitely does apply to finances, it applies to way more than just our pocketbook. It applies to way more than just that. And so, so what I, what I want to do, and I put this on your sermon notes, I want you guys to write this down. I want to share with you the definition of a steward. The definition of a steward. And so a steward is anyone who manages another's property or financial affairs or one who administers anything as the agent of another. And this is really key because this, is, this describes you. This describes all of us in this room. Anyone who manages another properties, another's property or financial affairs or who administers anything as the agent of another. Now, I'm, I'm a big... I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Is there anybody else in the room who is, all right, there's a couple of us in here. All right, good. And, and, and I'll do my best try, to try not to kind of nerd out and geek out on you a little bit about, about Lord of the Rings here. But in, in the third movie and in the, in the third book, we're introduced to a character named Denethor. Now, if I say the name Denethor, does that mean anything to anybody in the room? You call yourselves Lord of the Rings fans. All right, I saw one hand. All right. Well, Denethor, in, in the last story, he is he's what's called the steward of Gondor. The steward of Gondor. And again, I told you, I'm not going to geek out on you. I'm not going to share the whole story. But, but what his role in the story is, that the king of Gondor, the, the line of the king of Gondor had failed. They have abdicated their throne. And so Denethor uh, was the steward of Gondor. And so what, what he would do as the steward of Gondor is he would act on the king's behalf. He would act on the king's behalf. And let me tell you this, that is our role as well. Every single one of us sitting in this room, we are stewards. We act on the king's behalf. And that's going to be just vital for us to understand as, as we share this this morning, that every one, of us, every one of us are stewards and we act on the king's behalf. In fact, number one, I want you to write this down, that God has made me a steward over everything. God has made me a steward over everything. And so that, that means your time, your money, your, your children, your stuff, this planet, your body, your influence, like everything that you have, everything that we think is ours really belongs to God. And he's just made us a steward over his things, over his stuff. So everything that we have, we are stewards over Everything, none of it belongs to God. It really all does, or it's, none of it belongs to us. It really all does belong to God, that he has given us the power of having dominion over his things. Just like he gave to Adam and Eve, he's given us that same power to rule over his stuff. Now, if any of you have read C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, it's one of my favorite books. I would highly recommend it to anybody. And C.S. Lewis says something really profound in this, in this book. I want to share it with you. And he says, every faculty that you have, every power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment, 
is given to you by God. If you devoted every minute of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his already. And so what he's saying is, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could present to God. There's nothing you could give to him that he doesn't already own. And so like when, when we give, when we, when we tithe and give offerings, we're not, we're not paying God off. We're not giving God something. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. No, like we're giving something back to him that's already his. And, and that's really what, what our life as stewards is all about. So everything that we see, everything that we, we know, our relationships, all of that, how many days we have on this earth, they've all been entrusted to us. We, we are stewards of all these things that God has given to us. And, and I tell you, if, if somebody gives you something that's valuable to you, if somebody, like, has anybody ever, like, borrowed something from somebody else? And when you borrowed it, you either lost it or broke it? Has that ever happened to anybody? Like, that, that, happened, that actually happened to me. Pastor Justin, a couple years ago, let me borrow his power washer. And, and in the process of power washing our house, yeah, see, because... Uh, never mind. I, we'll talk later. We'll talk after church. No, I. <laughs> long story. So <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. Anyways, I'm sorry. So I, I, in in the process of power washing our house, I actually lost one of Pastor Justin's nozzles for his power washer, and I just feel terrible about it. You know, like and I, I know it's a nozzle; it's no big deal. It can easily be replaced. But when when somebody trusts you with something that's important to them, that's of value to them, you want to take good care of it because if you don't, you feel terrible. Like you feel awful if you broke it or you lost it or something like that. And so we need to make sure as, as believers, as a body, we need to make sure that the things that God has given to us, the things that he has entrusted us, that we're going to take good care of it, that we're going to take good care of the things that he has given to us. And so 1 Corinthians 4.2 in the New Century Version, says this, and Paul's writing, he says, Now in this way, those who are trusted with something valuable must show they are worthy of that trust. Now think about that for a moment. What, what Paul's saying is, he said, if you've been entrusted with something valuable, you need to show that you're worthy of that trust. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to prove it in a way. We need, we need to show that we are responsible with the things that God has given to us. God has not blessed us so that we can be wasteful. God hasn't given us, us things so that we can, we can uh, uh, be flippant with them. If anything, God has blessed us because he trusts us, because he wants us to be trustworthy. And so let me say this. If God has blessed you with children or with grandchildren, you, you take good care of those babies. Like you, you, you protect them. You, you nurture them. You, you show them the way of truth. You, you if God has given you life and health and you take care of that, like because, and you start to realize that once you see people who, who start to lose some of their life and some of their health, like you say, man, you know what, for, for the time that I have, I want to take good care of myself. I'm not going to abuse this body. I want to take good care of it. If God has blessed you with money or with provision, don't waste it on, on useless and frivolous things, but, but give it away. Invest in, in, in other things and other people outside yourself. And, and, and let me tell you this, this might be the most important. If God has trusted you with influence with other people, and let me tell you, every single person in this room, God has given you influence with others. 
And some, some people's degree of influence is greater than others, but you have people who you have influence with. And if God has given you influence with other people, don't use it for your own personal gain. Don't use it to build yourself up. Don't use other people to build you. But in fact, use that influence so that you can build others up, so that you can live for the benefit of somebody else. Look for ways that you can elevate other people as opposed to using others to elevate you. Does that make good sense, New Song? And, and so I'll tell you, one of the most crystal clear demonstrations of this whole idea of biblical stewardship comes in the book of Matthew, where Jesus is actually sharing a parable, and we're going to read it in just a moment, in Matthew chapter 25. And this is commonly called the parable of the talents. And so this might be familiar to some of you, but this is Jesus sharing this story. And he says in Matthew 25, verse 14, he says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one, who, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. Now, what, what's unique about this is Jesus goes on to explain this parable that, that as the master ends up coming back and all three of the servants have to give an account for what it is they did with what they were given. And so the, the first two who went out and used their, that money and they gained so, some more, the, the master was very well pleased with them. But, but the third servant who went and, and buried and hid his money in the ground, in fact, he, he's chastised by the master in fact, he, the, the master says, you know what, depart from me. I don't, I don't even want you around me right now. And he, take, he took the, the gold that he had been given and gave it to the one who now had 10. And, and the thing about it is this, this parable is pretty self-evident. But there's a concept here that is, that, is, that is so key that I want to spend just a few moments talking on. That of all the things that God has entrusted to us, and God has given us so much, like if, if we honestly take an honest look at our lives, God has blessed all of us in so many ways. But if we look at all the different ways that God has blessed us and then all the things that God has entrusted to us, the one thing that is most important, the one thing that is most valuable is that we've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a body and as individuals, the gospel, the good news about Jesus has been entrusted to every single one of us. And there's nothing, there's nothing that's more precious than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that's more valuable because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can deliver people and set people free. The good news about Jesus is the only thing that can save people from eternal damnation. The good news about Jesus is the only thing that can put people in right relationship with, with God. And so... That is by far the most valuable and important thing that God has ever entrusted to us. And for 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, faithful saints, faithful men and women of God have taken that good news of Jesus Christ and passed it on to the next generation. And thank God for that. Thank God that, that there have been faithful people that have endured persecution and martyrdom and threats of violence and all this, and yet still they have passed on the good news to us today. And all of us here are a testament to them, passing that, that good news on, that they've stewarded it well. 
And I tell you, tyrants have tried to stamp it out. Atheists have, have tried to uh, uh, atheists have tried to disprove it. Governments have tried to minimize it, and doubters have, have tried to uh, uh, explain it away. But I'll tell you, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, has continued to move forward, and and it has now been entrusted to us. Every single person in this room who has heard the good news about Jesus, that Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, that he came to die for our sins, that good news has now been put in our lap. And so if there's one final thing I would say to you, New Song, it's this, is now it's our turn. It's our turn now. It, for, for all those saints throughout the, the last 2,000 years that have passed the good news on to us, and now we're holding on to it, and now it's our turn. We have to decide what is it we're going to do with this good news. I want you to write this down, number two. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been entrusted to me. What will I do with it? What will I do with it? And that is, that is the question I want to I posit to you this morning. What will I do with it? To, to go back to, to my Lord of the Rings obsession, and again, I apologize. But if you know the story at all, Frodo, he's a hobbit in the story, and he's been entrusted with the one ring. And, and the question before Frodo in, in the very first book, in the first movie is, so what is he going to do with it? This ring has been entrusted to him. What's he going to do with this one ring? Is he going to kind of bury it and hide it and pretend that he had never seen it? Is he going to try to pass it off to somebody else? And say, you know what? I, this is too big for me. I'm going to let somebody else bear the weight of, of this responsibility of this ring. Is he going to use it for his own personal gain? Or is he going to fulfill his destiny? Is he going to go out and take care of, of what it is that has, he's been in charge with? And, and I'll tell you, in, in this case, in, in Frodo's case, fate had chosen him to carry this ring forward. And ultimately, it was his job to go out and destroy it in, in the story. Well, I want you to know, fate did not choose you, but God did. God has chosen every single one of us in this room, and he's not just entrusted a ring to us, but he's literally entrusted the, the news, the good news of his son Jesus to every single one of us in this room. And so that same question that was asked of Frodo is, what, do you, what is he going to do with it? That same question is asked of us. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this good news that, that you've been given? Are you going to bury it and pretend you hadn't heard it and just not share it at all? Are you going to pass it off to somebody else and say, you know what, We're, I'm going to let somebody else share the good news. I'm going to let somebody else share their faith, talk to people about Jesus. I, I don't feel like I'm equipped. Somebody, somebody else can do it. Are, are you going to use it for your own personal gain? And there's definitely people in this world that have done that. Or are you going to rise up and fulfill your destiny that God has for you to carry the good news on to the next generation? And so I'm going to, I'm going to answer the question for you, hopefully, <laughs> is that we're, we're going to rise up. We're going, to, we're going to truly be the men and women of God that he's called us to be. And so how do we do it? How do we, how do we steward the gospel of Jesus Christ well. That if it's been given to us, if God has entrusted it to us, how do we steward it 
well. Well, you can, and you can write this down on, on the margins if you want. I don't have it on your notes, but you can write this down. It is the first thing I would say is start with your family. Start with your family. You know, pray, pray with and for your spouse and with and for your children. And, and do, do what Deuteronomy 6 says, where it says, talking about, you know, the, the things of God, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Talk about the goodness of God with your kids. Have God conversations with every single one of them. That's going to be so key. I'll, I'll tell you this. Teach your kids to pray. And even if you have to fumble your way through it, teach, teach them to pray. And then outside of your family, I'd, I'd say, well, who's in your sphere of influence? Who is it that's in your life? Who is in your sphere of influence that, that, you, can, that you can impact and have, uh, have those conversations with? You know, the people at your work, your friends, people around town, you know, the waitress at the restaurant, whatever it might be. I, I, I spoke at first Wednesday a week and a half ago, and one of the things that I had mentioned was that no matter where we are, people are always watching us. People are, are always watching you, how you handle your successes, how you handle your failures. And, and I'll tell you this, the way that you live life in front of other people is going to speak way more than the words that you ever say and the words that you use. And so how are you treating people? How are you talking about people? Like, is it in a way that brings honor and glory to God? And finally, I'd say how we steward the good news is how we treat people who come into this building on a Sunday morning. You know, the people that come here, and we have such a wide, I tell you, it's one of the things I love about New Song. We have such a wide range of people that come here. We have people that have come from great homes and people that have come from totally broken homes. We have people that are very well off and we have people that don't have anything. And I tell you, like, we've all come together under one roof to worship God. And, and, and I'll tell you that New Song continue to be the most welcoming and the most loving church in this area. Kill them with kindness. I, I, I shared this with First Service, that if, if you watched the, the Packer game last week, which they beat the Cowboys, by the way, in case anybody was wondering, and, uh, and during the game, they actually showed a, a shot of President George W. Bush and Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to one another in Jerry Jones's box down in, in Jerry World. And, and, and there was a big backlash on both sides of this where there were people like saying, man, can you believe, what is George W. Bush sitting with this, this, you know, lesbian Hollywood liberal? And then there were people saying that of Ellen is, why would she be sitting with a conservative Republican president like George W. Bush? And, and I tell you what was so interesting about that is Ellen had a, a great response to this, to the backlash about it. And what, and what she said was, she said, at, at the end of the day, why would I just be friends with people who only agree with me? Like, literally, I'm, I'm going to cut out half of the population or more because they don't agree with me? And, and I don't know where, where Ellen stands with the Lord. But I tell you, she was living out a Christian principle in that moment, though, of saying, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to break bread with somebody regardless of what our political views are, regardless of what some of our, our other disagreements might be that we're still going to sit down together and I'm still going to be loving. I'm still going to be kind regardless. And I tell you, New Song, do that. You, you guys already do such a phenomenal job of that. Continue to love on people as, as they come into this church. Be gracious and be forgiving. 
And final thing I'm just going to say, in 1 Thessalonians 2.4, Paul writes this. He says, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And so I want you to write this down, number three, is God has called all of us to make a difference. All of us, not just a select few. God has called all of us to make a difference. And that goes for everybody in this room. It's not just for for pastors and teachers and missionaries and evangelists. No, carrying the good news of, of, of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is something that God has entrusted all of us to. We've all been approved by God to carry the good news forward. And so I, I, I want to close with this. As we're heading to, to Livingstone's church, we're heading up there because we've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's, there's a city 25 miles to the north of us that is in desperate need of Jesus. And, and of course, you know, I, I want you to know this. Of course, there's people here. Of course, there's people here in Plymouth and Marshall County that they need to hear about Jesus too. But I'll tell you, there, there's times where God sets aside people for a specific purpose. And, and if you read through the book of Acts, that happens over and over and over again. And one of the things, one of the key uh, portions in the, in the history of the early church was when God set aside Paul and Barnabas. That they, the early church, they were in, in a period of, of worship and fasting. And, then God, and it says that the Holy Spirit set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work that he had for them. Now, they, Paul and Barnabas, they had been in Antioch and they were doing great things. Like good things were happening. People's lives were being changed. People hearing about Jesus. Good things were taking place in Antioch. And people could have looked and be like, all right, but God, why are you sending Paul and Barnabas away? Like, don't people here still need to hear about Jesus? God said, you know what? I got, I got that. Like, I'm going to raise up a group of people in Antioch who are going to be able to carry this forward. But I need Paul and Barnabas. I need them to go someplace new. I need, to go, I need them to go to a place that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm not Paul. But one of the things that I've been praying for, for New Song, for this church, is that when we leave, that God is going to do immeasurably more than we could have ever thought or imagined. Like, uh, uh, the gospel is bigger than just one person or one pastor or one church. And he will. Like, I, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt that God has greater things in store for New Song. I have no doubt that New Song's best days are ahead of us. And just because we're leaving and, and we're going to be carrying out the work of God in a, in a different church doesn't mean you guys are any less or we think of you any less. By no means, not at all. It just means that the influence that we have, the influence that we carry, the stewardship that we have of the gospel of Jesus Christ it's just going to be expanded. And I tell you, that, that's, that's exciting. So final thing I'm going to say, and this is it. Philippians 1.6, I put this on your sermon notes. You can look at this. And this is a, a verse that's probably familiar to many of you. You've probably heard it before. But Paul says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And what I find so unique about this verse is Oftentimes, people will, will speak this over themselves or they'll say it to somebody as encouragement, and, and rightfully so. But Paul wasn't writing this to an individual. Paul was writing this to a church. And he said, you know what, you church in Philippi, that 
God who started a good work here, he's not done yet. He's going to carry it on. He's going to complete the work that he began. At New Song, that is the word for you today, that God is going to complete the work that he began. Here at New Song, 15 plus years ago, when Pastor Justin and Jennifer moved here, he still has great things in store for you. He still has lives that need to be changed. And God's going to do it. He's going to carry it on to completion. So new song, I'll, I'll tell you this. Be that group of people. Be that group of people who says, you know what? I'm going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ that's been entrusted to me and I'm going to steward it well. I'm going to carry it out to people who need to hear it. I'm going to be a blessing to those that come my way. Be faithful with those that God brings in your sphere. And I'll tell you, he's going to bless you abundantly for it. He's going to bless this church abundantly for it. So if you would, just close your eyes for just a moment. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just want to come to you this morning and just tell you how much we love you. And God, we just want to thank you for how good you've been to us, Lord. God, you've been so loving. And God, you, you've redeemed us. You've set us free. God, thank you, God, that we are no longer slaves to our sin. We're no longer slaves to our past. But God, thank you for the son, the gift of your son, Jesus. That he was willing to lay down his life for us. That, that nobody took his life, Lord, but he willingly gave it. And we can't express to you how much that means to us, God. God, what a privilege it is that you have entrusted the good news of your son, Jesus, to us. Father, you, you've given so much to us, Lord. And God, help us to be good and faithful stewards of what you've entrusted to us. But most importantly, God, I pray that you're gonna use this church, God, to grow and expand your kingdom. Father, that, that many people are gonna come and be grateful for the work that has been done here at New Song. God, help us to be bold in love. God, bold in our faith, bold in sharing. God, that future generations are gonna look back on us and tell them, thank you. Thank you for passing the good news on to us. God, help us to partner with you as stewards, as faithful stewards of your good news. Father, I pray that you're just gonna expand New Song's influence. God, expand the reach of the gospel. Lord, continue to let many lives be changed. Father, ultimately, we just wanna to look to you and acknowledge you as the author and the finisher of our faith. God, everything we have belongs to you. We want to steward it well. But God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the blessing they've been to me, to my family, to my children, to this community, Lord. God, we are trusting that you have great things in store, and we're believing for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen. church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church slash connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.